Hey everyone, just one note before we get to today's wonderful episode with Betty Goldstein and her story. We have a very special event coming up. Happy holidays, everyone. It's that season. It's the holiday season, the winter season, the Christmas season, all those wonderful seasons that people come together and 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 gather and and and, and share stories and meals and everything else. And so Adam and I want to invite you to something. We're doing the first Notes on Your Notes holiday storytelling event. We know that many of you are very separate and isolated this year. And on December 13th at 5 p.m. Pacific time, we're gonna be doing a very special um, event. It's all gonna be stories about the holidays and the winter season. And we would love for you to be there. Yes, it's, it's gonna be a wonderful gathering time. And it's, again, it's Sunday, December 13th, which is just right around the corner. So it's not, you know, that crazy frantic time just before the last day, but it gives us a time just to pause and hang out and be, be together with like-minded, like-spirited artists and hear 10 amazing stories from 10 amazing, you know, uh, creatives. And you, oh, you know what, Adam, you know what I'm gonna do? Tell me. I'm gonna light a fire in my fireplace. <laughs> Josh has a fireplace, even though he lives in LA. Mm -hmm. and uh, he's going to light it and that's beautiful and uh, the zoom link is in the show notes so there's not much you have to do just yeah. click on that uh, and it'll also be on the website so just come grab a latka some eggnog whatever you're into <laughs> and uh, come hang out and listen to some stories with uh, the notes on your notes community now arriving downtown santa monica station <laughs> All fun. All the time. I'm Adam Lesser. And I'm Joshua Townsend Zellner. Welcome to Notes on Your Notes, a podcast about the creative process and storytelling. Yeah, we're doing a lot of storytelling these days. Storytelling, story sharing, story creating. It's Story really teaching. A, story teaching. It's a really dynamic time right now because people are really into story. And we're, you know, the stories we tell ourselves and the stories that we tell in public narrative starting to shift so it's a lot of stories going on people yeah. finding new ways to share their stories people doing it online mm -hmm. new story events uh, a lot of change in the world yeah we're just zooming around just zooming around josh um has basically existed as a uh character on a screen for me for about four months yeah mm -hmm. I, i've been reduced to a postage stamp yes yeah and because it's really, it's really nice to work minimally. Don't you find that out? Yeah. yeah, it's clean. It's simple. I never have to leave my apartment. Speaking of working minimally, we have a beautiful and amazing creative artiste writer with us today who does the same. It has been a little bit of time since we have done this. Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, we had a series of episodes come out in March, the Hannah episodes where Joshua and I gave rounds of notes to a, a very gifted writer. Um, so people got to say the story development process. We got a lot of emails and notes saying how helpful it was for other writers. Mm -hmm. So we are doing it again in a quicker, sharper, more minimalist variety. We have the wonderful, wonderful Betty Goldstein with us today. Betty, welcome to Notes on Your Notes. Thank you, Adam. Okay. Betty needs no introduction, but I'm going to introduce her anyways. She is the author of the play Tushy in the Sky, which had a run at the White Fire Theater in Los Angeles. Her essays have appeared in the Reader's Digest, The Best of Life 
stories. And she has performed on stage, as she beautifully does, at the KCRW's Masquerade Ball and is a Moss Story Slam winner. Winner, not winner. just participant, winner. And she's we on only have winners show. on the show. That's right. <laughs> Hi, Betty. Hi. 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 Betty, where are you today? I'm in my house uh, in Sherman Oaks, California. Oh, very nice. What a nice part of the world. It is. I'm a valley girl. You're a valley girl forever. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Pacoima. Oh, really? Didn't know that. So you've been in Southern California your whole life? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Sunshine. Betty's also a world traveler. She's been to it. She goes to Italy a lot, right? Right. When was the last time you were in Italy, Betty? Last summer. Yeah, lucky yeah. you. We're in Italy. Well, I mostly spend my time in Venice because that's where the majority of my friends live. But I have uh, them in other parts of the country as well. Nice. Parli Italiano. Si. Ah, bellissimo. Uh, cool. I didn't know this fun fact to anybody. We should talk. I went to Florence to live for a couple months. Oh. About five years ago. I went to study Italian. For how long were you there? Oh, yeah, Two you months. said it was months. months. Due mese. Good. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna stop this little bit. <laughs> so, oh, Betty, I, you know, we've talked many, 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 many times, and you came to the writing sharing. I'm not gonna say because I feel like you've always been a, a, an entertainer and a story, a story creator, but specifically with the writing, you've only been in the writing for a relatively short period of time, right? Like, yes, yeah. What? Wh when was that, and how did it start? I, I, I took my first writing class at the Skirball Cultural, Cultural Center. And it was uh, like around 2005, I think. Hmm. And there was a class there called Art of the Personal Essay. So I signed up for it. And I enjoyed it so much, I signed up for it again. <laughs> and that's, nice. that's how it all began. Wow. Well, one of the things both Joshua and I have noted and many other people is how minimalist and cleanly you work in your sentences and your story. And so we really were excited to have, um, have that style and that sensibility on the show. Thank you. So, so this is a work in progress. I want to share. This is a work in progress. Everyone. This is, this is a first, right. Uh, and Adam and I have not heard this material at all. So everything we do on the show is real time. And, uh, and Betty, we would love you to, uh, to share your story. Okay, sit back, make yourselves comfortable. Thank you. Pour yourself yeah. Some popcorn. And, um, and if there's any antecedent conditions or anything you want to share about your, your process before, feel free and then. My and then, process? Yeah. I, just, I just sit down at a, with a blank computer screen and start typing. That's beautiful. I don't always know where I'm going or what the, the subject is going to be. But I decided uh, on this one a little bit in advance. I call it my auto bio. Got it. You know, I thought maybe I should write an autobiography. And maybe I shouldn't. But, but anyway, this is the beginning of the, uh, a possible beginning if I do write it. Okay. First chapter. It's a girl. The year was 1948. Harry S. Truman was president. Mahatma Gandhi had begun his fast unto death when an assassin's bullet killed him first. The Kinsey report made headlines with sexual behavior in the human male. And I was born in Brooklyn Jewish Hospital, the first child of David and Rose Goldstein. 
My parents and I resided in a Quonset hut in the Brighton Beach projects with other veterans' families. After my father completed his military service, he got a job as a traveling salesman selling vitamins, laxatives, and cod liver oil to pharmacies. His assigned territory was America's Midwestern states, so Daddy was seldom home, leaving me and Mommy alone for long spells. Dad's employer had no reps east of Chicago, so my pop decided to expand his territory to the Pacific Ocean. He drove our 1947 Chevrolet Style Master down Route 66, stopping at every drugstore along the way. When he entered the then sparsely populated and rural Southern California, he saw orange groves for the first time in his life. The fragrance of those orange blossoms bewitched my dad. He was in love with the snow-capped San Bernardino mountain range and valley after valley of little towns surrounded by citrus groves stretching to the blue ocean. From a phone booth at his motel in Santa Monica, he telephoned my pregnant mother and told her to start packing immediately. We're moving to California. That same night, my mom's labor pains began. Neighbors drove her to Brooklyn Jewish Hospital, and before dawn, my sister Louise was born. Chapter 2, California, Here We Come. Daddy's New York employer paid for our move to California. Mayflower did all the packing for us. My dad sometimes joked throughout the years later, the Mayflower movers were so efficient that they neatly boxed up our half-full kitchen garbage can and transported it across the USA. Our propeller plane made several stops along the way to California. Back in those days, children under three rode for free as long as they sat on their parents' laps. Mommy instructed me not to tell anybody that I was three. After takeoff, I was restless sharing Mommy's sweaty lap with my newborn sister, so I climbed down and somersaulted up the center aisle, announcing to everyone, I'm Twee going on four. I don't remember the rest of our airplane trip except for the toilet in the sky. I held onto my mother's hands with all my might, terrified that if I released my grip, I'd fall through onto the rocky mountains below. And I wasn't feeling well. I was hot, cranky, my nose was running, and worst of all, my skin was erupting into a reddish-brownish rash, which turned out to be measles. In the bathroom, Mom opened up her cosmetic bag and smeared beige pancake makeup all over my feverish face so as not to alarm the other passengers. Mm. I think we were exhausted when we landed in Los Angeles. On the way to the duplex apartment Daddy had rented for us, I realized I had left my doll Daffic on the plane. After Daddy dropped us off, he drove back to the airport and retrieved Daffic. And that's it. Daddy. Oh, Daddy. Daddy, 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 Daddy. If all biographies were as clean and engaging as yours, I'd read more of them. <laughs> Don't always want to read 900 pages. <laughs> Eddie, uh, I, I just, I, I love what you're doing. I, I just love what you're doing with this piece, really. Um, the, the snapshot that you give me coming into your story sets the stage so beautifully, you know? Thank you, John. Uh, it's a girl, 1948, boom, I'm in, you know? Gandhi and the McKenzie Report. You give me, you give me like enough of a, of a background of what's um, alive in the U.S. post-World War II 
where um, uh, I get a very strong sense of, of what you're dropping into, what this child's life is, and, and their parents are reacting to it. Um, and, um, you know, Brighton Beach, the veterans, and then the Midwest, me and mommy, you know, again, showing you and your mom having a, like a tight connection, which is a little separate from the, the father, who's the one who's the breadwinner. So that's just the first part. Adam, you want to, oh, and Route 66 is just so much fun. But Adam, you want to jump yeah, I'll in? Keep, I'll jump in. Yeah. Uh, the snow-capped San Bernardino Mountains, the image of the father sitting in a hotel, I think, in Santa Monica, making the call. This is where we're going to be. It's just um, a great image. Brings us to another point in the 1950s uh, for that sort of life in Southern California, the, the smell of the orange blossoms and the enchantment that he goes through. Um, the incredible... Uh, juxtaposition of the news that you're moving and your mother going into labor mm. timing the timing of that mm -hmm. um i can keep going but joshua do you want to pick it up you want to go back and forth yeah let's go back and forth yeah um and then the mayflower uh, mayflower moving van again bespeaks at the time you know and those are the people and then that you know you 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 chime into this thing which was you know this this little anecdotal comedy story that every parent tells at cocktail parties in the 50s and 60s would be they 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 brought our trash across the country ha 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 you know and and you drop that in so yep, beautifully he always told that joke he always told it right yeah parents of that of that time frame maybe even today i don't know but of specifically of that 50s 60s 70s thing they always had that that story you know and anyway i just really really loved it um the rocky mountains fantastic um, and then, and then you give us the, the airplane ride, you know, in the propeller uh, plane. Again, you know, laying down that 1950 now, whatever, what, whatever year we're in now, 1950, and um, and having to, I would assume, having to make stops across the country. Oh yes, there were no non-stops yet. Okay, no non-stops. So, uh, and then, and then the free. Uh, the free ticket, uh, and then of course the reveal of the the measles and and your mom's remedy for that, which I also speaks of your mom and who she is as a character and also your relationship and and the image of you holding on tight while you're while you're going to the bathroom. Yeah. Adam, um, I think that's pretty. I had one final pickup, which was just the decision to drive back to the airport. I believe to to retrieve the doll. I think not all parents do that. It's the it's the first uh, one of the one of the, the hints of character we're getting in this story. It's my father, David Goldstein. Right. So this is the kind of person who, you know, exhausted cross country flight, gets in his car, drives back to the airport. Right. Well, so well, as exhausted as we were. Mostly. Yeah. And, right. and did you guys fly into LAX or Van Nuys or do you remember? I, I think it was LAX. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the two lane LAX. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it was, was smallish. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. So why don't we go into some notes? Because um, I feel like this question goes into one of the, the big questions I had. Um, and I think it's sort of the, the overarching note I had, which is that I really want to know how everyone in this, in this relationship feels about one another. So we get this incredible opening. I really loved Truman, Gandhi's fast, 
the McKinsey sex report. Like, it's just like, it almost feel like, felt like the way a really good t- period TV pilot might bring us in at the opening to let us know where we are. Um, and I think what will make this stronger, particularly if you're gonna write longer, is meaning if you're gonna do the, take this on a, on a road, and I, I think you're intuitively doing a little bit of it already, but is to let us know how your mother and father feel about each other through detail and behavior, to let us know how you, the child, feels about each of them, to start to let point of view of the character just bubble in a little bit. And we get a little bit at the end, like Joshua picked up the beige makeup, right? Covering the makeup so that no one else, covering the measles, rashes, so that no one on the airplane gets concerned, right? So we get a little bit of a window into who this person is, the father who goes back and picks up the um, doll. So open it up in the sense of just give us a little bit of a detail and how maybe you as a child felt about, about each parent. Okay, I can do that, I hope. <laughs> so just to recap again, you know, this is the first time I'm, we, we are hearing the story, you know, all, all of us on, on, on the show. And the first time I'm, I'm, I'm reading it aloud since I came off the printer. T- and, and yeah, so it's really fresh, fresh, fresh. So, um, and interestingly enough, Adam, Adam and I have very similar notes. So, which is not surprising. <laughs> But um, because there's not much to give notes on, Betty, so we have to really struggle. Yeah, we really have to push on this one. Yeah, you, you made me work hard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I blame you, right? I said you something else. No, 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 no. Don't worry. We can make a mountain out of a mohill. Yeah, we will. So it's it's the same it's the same note. Um, I'm going to say it in a different way, uh, but it's essentially the same thing. Which is, I, I want to know about I want to know more about your relationship with your mom and dad. And because, and because you're the child, you know, and you're three, four years old, there's, and some of it, you're, you're brand new, you know, in the very, very beginning of the story, you're brand new, right? Um, the, you know, your, your, your character hasn't been developed yet. So, so the relationship between you and your parents are really important. And then the relationship between your, your mom and dad is really important because it's, it's a triad. And then, and then, and then, towards the end of this section, you you get a baby sister. So, what I what I'm going to say, and it's similar to what Adam just said, but it's is I need to know how you feel about everything. I need because the tracking of the story works a hundred percent, a hundred percent, but I need to see action and then reaction. Otherwise, if I don't have a reaction based on an action, I don't have a point of view of, of what's transpiring in the story. For instance, you are on the plane and you have to sit on your mom's lap because if not, they charge you, right? Mm-hmm. And so after a while you get anxious and so you squirm away and you, you, know, you do somersaults down the center aisle. So, I need, so that's, that's literally what happened. Now I need to know what happened between you and your mom in that exchange. Was she annoyed? Was she happy? Was she like, thank God, Betty, little Betty's off my lap now. Were you annoyed at her? Like, cause she's always trying to control you. Do you, did you not want to leave your mom's lap but she pushed you off? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it, you, you take it wherever you need to take it in terms of your story, but that's the kind of thing that we want. Um, and then in a little bit, like a little bit, you see, like you're leaking it, you're, you're sharing it with me. I just want more like me and mommy. 
I want more of that relationship. Uh, and then you were at Brighton Beach where all the veterans were. Does Rose love being amongst the veterans? Because, you know, obviously your dad was a veteran. Or is she like, I can't wait to get out of here. This is no bueno. And then, um, and then your mom with the measles, you know, I need to know, is that, is that a, a big negative? Is she more concerned about you or is she more concerned about how you appear or how she's going to appear to others? Mm-hmm. And the last thing that I'm going to share, and again, so it's, it's more mom and dad, more relationship more between all three of you, action and reaction. Every time there's an action, there needs to be a reaction. And the other thing I want to bring in is, is what we call choice points. So mm-hmm. a choice point. So because you know that your dad went to go pick up your doll at the, at the airport, he had to drive back, you know, right? He, 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 he lives in Santa Monica. You guys fly into LAX. He drives the 20 minutes to get to LAX, picks you up, drives you all the way back home. It's midnight. It's everyone's exhausted. Daddy, daddy, I forgot my doll on the plane. Can you? So, so then he goes and gets it, right? So that actually is a choice point for your dad. Is he going to, A, is he going to go? And if he's going to go, when? Right? So that needs to actually be a choice point where we don't know if he's going to say yes or no. Or does he say yes to you just because, so he gets to get away from mom again and he's not dealing with it? Or is he saying yes because he's chivalrous? Or is he saying, I don't really want to, but because it's so important to you, I will to get you to, get, to be quiet? Do, do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I need to know what, what's the porqué of the choice point. Okay. Yeah. So Betty, I've heard, you know, I've heard other of your writing, obviously. And I think you actually do sometimes often intuitively drop us in the scene. Like, you know how to do that really well. You did it in the cemetery story, not the cemetery, the funeral story about the rings and the coffin, right? Which is all told in scene. I think you're also equally adept at just rolling out narrative in a really clean way. And sometimes you're comfortable and sometimes it makes sense to skip over every choice at a character point, particularly if you're using it to establish background and character and then take us into a scene. Meaning if, you know, I think what you could do here is actually allow us into that scene with your father, you know, the ride home from the airport, the realization that the doll isn't there your reaction, the knowing that, that it's that important to you, then the, if there's a conversation between your mother and your father about what it would, you know, that scene, you know, and I know you know those things intuitively. Um, but I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you that to understand, like, I, I think sometimes you, you allow all that background to establish those things. But there's a difference between that and then allowing the choice to exist in real time. So we have suspense as an audience. Um, I had a question just in terms of how it rolls out, which is your father calls your mother, says we're moving to California and your mother goes into labor, right? After the phone call, yes. Yeah. So, with, her, with her sister, with her younger sister. Right. So the next logical question is, how does your mother feel about moving to California? That's a whole other story. <laughs> right. So that might be um, because how she feels about moving to California is probably going to impact the experience of the family in California, right? 
Mm-hmm. And, and she, she has and to the, say goodbye. And, and the flight, and, and the flight, and how long after she gave birth is, is this flight happening, right? And I, and I know how you work, Betty. I know you work in, in great brevity. So just because we're talking about all this stuff, it can actually be handled in a couple of lines, the, the way you do stuff. Well, the way I write is I feel that less is more. I you know, paint the scene in broad strokes and feel that there's enough there to, for the reader or the listener to get the picture. But maybe I need more detail. I don't know. Well, but see, that's what I see. That's what I want to be careful with with you specifically, because because you have a very specific style, and that's why I'm saying I want I want all this to be explored. But ultimately, what's going to happen is I want you to pare it down back to your style, so that we drop in on three different scenes within the sequence that you read to us. There's probably three, maybe four scenes that we're going to drop into. But I want when you when we drop into those scenes, I want you to be as equally brief as you normally are. Okay. But the exploration is going to be broad and it's going to be more, more than you're used to. Does that, yeah. is, is, how, how do you like, tell, tell me, tell me what you're hearing. So I want to make sure that. It's okay. Like, okay. So basically you want more detail about, uh, you know, the relationships between me and my, each of my parents, my parents' relationships, maybe how I felt about having a sister all of a sudden how I felt about moving to California. Um, but I feel that I would be overloading the, um, the chapter with too much. That doesn't really factor in in the grand scheme of things. You can, you can do what we're talking about in terms of like dropping, dropping in like, uh, what's it called? Breadcrumbs. You're dropping in these breadcrumbs that will pay off later. Because like, what would you say, forgetting about the story right now, would you say that your mom and dad's relationship was, was blooming or was agitated or was? It was in trouble. Right. So, so what I want is, is I, wanna, I don't want to see the trouble. I want to see the seeds of the trouble. So when the trouble exists in chapter six, I'm like, oh. Do you see what I mean? Because right now I have no idea. I mean, I have my intuitive idea, but from the actual story, I have no idea of where they are in terms of their relationship, how healthy or unhealthy it is. Yeah, like, yeah. When- Betty, sometimes it might be helpful to, these notes um, don't need to be interpreted as like, I'm gonna write all this and that's gonna become the story. I think what, what Josh is trying to explain and what way, one way to think about it is, you're gonna do this exploration and get it on paper, and then you might choose five words. But those five words can make a huge, this whole story is different if the sentence, my mother got the phone call from my father and immediately went into labor becomes, my, moment, my mother went, got the phone call from my father, immediately went into labor. My aunt later told me the shock of saying goodbye to her mother was excruciating. Or, you know, that is a hack, terrible way of doing it. But um, like then that whole, the way we view the whole story from then on changes. Do you see what I'm saying? Like the lens shifts and it can be a description like that, an emotional reaction, even better is just a behavior. Oh, I see. Okay. Like she- Yeah, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have, that's what I'm saying is you may explore a lot of writing, but I don't want to take away your style. I want it to still be you, Betty, right? 
So like I'm going to say what Adam just said in a different way. It could literally be my mother got off the phone with my, uh, with my dad, with my, with my dad. And she looked at me like, like, like I was like, she was going to bite my head off. I mean, literally something like that. Or she looked at me sideways and, and, and exhaled. Like I'll never forget how she exhaled. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. You're just looking for a detail. Just one detail that shows us character and emotion. It's like um, another way of saying it is, is called the tell. Like her internal life comes up and out. I don't know what kind of mother she is. So is she the kind of mother who hides everything? I mean, she literally, she must because she's putting makeup on over your measles. <laughs> when the rest of the plane is contaminated, she's like, no, no, it's just my daughter playing with makeup, you know? So, so if, she's, if she's doing that to you, where else does she pretend? Where else she does, does she put makeup to make up for something that's not healthy? Yeah. Right? Right. And, and like, then you start deepening the character. You're doing a masterful job at setting and okay. detail. It will be even better if we have a little bit more understanding and really feeling about how these characters feel about each other. Because then we're even... Then we have the sensory engagement of the orange blossoming on the flower and we have, the, you know, maybe the hot Brooklyn apartment and we've got the motel in Santa Monica. You know, we have that, that beautiful sensory and visual world and we know how everyone feels about each other. Because what, if you watch a TV pilot, you know this immediately. A good TV pilot, you know immediately how everyone feels about each other. Because you did everything else, Betty. Everything else is done. So we're Adam and I are like are working hard to, to give you something that, that will help it be enriched. Like for instance, when your dad makes that phone call, I would he's probably not going to make the phone call from the room because that would be more expensive. He probably went to the payphone. Didn't I put that? In, that he went to a payphone? Oh, I didn't put. Yeah. From a phone booth at his motel in Santa Monica. Great. Uh, yeah. So, so then, so then, tell me about that. Is that a, is that at night or is it during the day? Is there a cool breeze? And within that, because that's the physical action, right? It's the action reaction. What is he expecting your mom to say when he says we're moving to California? Is is he an autocrat? Is he a dictator? Is that how he runs the family? And she has no option. Or is he, is he the guy who just hits and runs? He tells it and then hangs up. Is he anticipating a fight? Because that exchange, because that's a choice point again, right? It's a choice point that your mother goes into agreement, but she didn't have to. Yeah, she went along with it. So, so, so then we need to know the porqué. And, and, I, when, and I, when I was reading aloud, just a question. I don't remember if I skipped a line because you know, I'm not wearing glasses and, and I didn't double space <laughs> when I printed out. Did, did I mention that he was selling vitamins, laxatives, and not cod liver oil? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's great. Love that. So all of those things, all the things that you lay out, you know, who the characters are and their background and what they're doing is present. And now, now we're looking for the next layer is, is between this triad, because you guys are a triad until your sister's born. Yeah. Uh, is, is, is who's got the power, who's trying to please who, and how, how there's dysfunction, but I want to know how, what the level of dysfunction is, how healthy or unhealthy is this triad. Well, we, even though my sister was now a newborn, we were still a triad because she gave yeah. no Yeah, because the relationship isn't, hasn't been formed yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Also, Betty, because I had a question too, like your father volunteers to go west for the company. Yeah, he was a real maverick. Yeah, that's character. There's something inside him that Brooklyn's not going to be enough, right? Yeah. He hated New York. Right. So, right. So that's what I, that's what, you know, there's got to be something in there and like, not necessarily have to include it, but one of the questions I had about your parents is what is their relationship with their families in New York? Yeah, he hated my mother's parents. Got it. Okay. So something, because something is there going on behind it that I'm feeling into. I just don't want to know what it is. Okay. So, so how convenient that is that he wants to move to California and basically separating the mother from the in-law which could also be a help in the babysitter. And so your mother's letting go of that support, that support system. Okay. So, so again, again, all of, that, all of that data that we're talking about can literally drop in as three words when, when the writer is you, Betty. Okay. Well, this will not be an easy task, but I'll give it my best. Okay. You're, you're, you're up for it, Betty. Betty, it's going to be so good for you. Because you already have such high technical ability. So when you are, when you are gifted on that level, um, d doing this can be really transformative. So I, 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 have a, I have another way of approaching it that might be of help, which is to extract five scenes from this, from the story that you read to us. Mm -hmm. And, and explore those five scenes in isolation, exploring the things that we talked about. Because all the setups to the scenes are perfect. Like you don't need to do a lick of work in that opening, zero. It's the relationships that we now need to see, attraction, repulsion, mm -hmm. you know, who's got the power, yeah. predator. Because there are a million choices if you back it out. Mm -hmm. Father makes a choice to go on the trip to see to be the traveling uh, salesman west of Chicago. He makes the decision to call your mother. Your mother has to make the decision to get on the plane. You know, she has to make a decision to say goodbye to her family. Even in the birth scene, isn't your aunt present with her on the phone call? After the, is she in the room? Is well, someone in the room? That's the way I wrote it. And I, you know, I, honestly, I don't know what time of day my father called and if anybody else was in the room. I sometimes, um, you know, was babysat by my grandmother, my mother's mother, and maybe uh, uh, one of my mother's sisters might have come over because she had uh, uh, several sisters close in age. And by the way, in 1948, all the sisters were pregnant, <laughs> my cousins. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone was born the same time? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, because I, I kept feeling as you're reading, I was like, the mother has siblings. Okay. Well, I, I don't know if it's in there, but I was feeling that, and like, I just don't know. Yeah, I feel like, how do they react? How does she negotiate that? The saying of goodbye to the siblings. Because it, it's a it's a real loss. I mean, your mom went through a loss in order to gain California, and that was not an easy trip for for all three of you, you, your, your sister, and your mom. I would imagine it was very stressful for her. You know, children. Yeah. A, a three-year-old and a toddler, a newborn? I mean, come no, on. No, my sister, she wasn't moving around. She was like maybe a week or two old. She was a little tiny. Oh, my God. She was two weeks? 
something like oh that. Oh my God. Oh, so you, that needs to be, that needs to be in there. Cause I, I didn't get how I didn't, I didn't get a sense of time between when that phone call happened and when you're on the plane. But if it's like literally yeah. two weeks later, that's insanity. But, right. but it was normal in that, in that world. But in today's world, that would be like, that would be not normal. Yeah, by your man, but maybe it wasn't the best of ideas. I don't know. Yeah. Well, also because he doesn't, it's an important detail. He does not go back to New York to help pack up the house to, yeah. right. And I, my sense is that his employer paid for the movers, but not for the airfare. Hmm. And uh, so one air ticket is cheaper than buying, you know, two. Yeah. And, um, it wasn't a full flight. I was able to uh, stretch out on an empty seat. <laughs> Thank God. Do you remember the airline? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't know how to read then. Yeah, that's wow. So, but, so all those all those little details are really lovely, you know. And I, I, I want to hear that. Yeah, I just want to say I am very good at remembering things that happened to me when I was a toddler, three years old four years old and so forth. But you know, I, I had difficulty remembering what I had for breakfast when you asked me that earlier in the show. Um, but I was able to draw the floor plan of our Quonset hut apartment and the placement of the furniture. And my parents couldn't believe that I could remember all of these details. Hmm. Yeah. So I was very aware and uh, very nice. That, that, that was little Betty. Well, let yourself make a list of details you remember from your toddlerhood. Betty, you are very aware. You're not, you're not wise. You are. Well, I'm not sure about this morning's breakfast. So, yeah. So the, all, of, all of those little things. And then again, write it all out and then pare it down later. Don't, don't try to pare it down in your writing. Write it out and then squish it. Yeah. So you're going to go. Yeah. You're going to go into just freedom, exploration. Don't think about coming back to us with something like, don't let that be in your consciousness. Like I got to come back to Josh and Adam with this and it's got to be this. Don't even play at that level. All you want to be doing now is just, just writing, exploring, taking a journal out, thinking, looking at old photos, if that's helpful, just let yourself um, answer some of these questions in a way, which I already have the sense, just the fact that we've asked them that you really actually do know the answer to these questions very well. So just let it come out. And, and I don't want to have the, the onus of a polish. This is, not, this is not for you to come to the thing with a polish. This is because you're, you're actually, this is actually a story that's, this is your autobiography or mini autobio, you know? And so I also want to be sensitive to that. So don't feel like this is like your final final at all. This is just helping to layer your story in a, in a really fun way that will help your setup and it'll help you pay off in chapters three, four, five, six, and so on. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have all these pages of notes already. Okay, I mean, it might turn into separate, some additional scenes. Who knows? Yeah, we'll forgive That's you. Fine. That's fine. Because there, there. I mean, like, if I'm if I'm going to use a hunch, one of the hunches, if I was doing this as a screenplay, it would be the scene where your aunt drops your mom you and your sister, two-week-year-old sister, at the, at the airport in wherever you are, in Brighton Beach or Jersey or wherever you are. But you know what I mean? There's that scene where she has to say goodbye to her, her mom and her sisters. Mm -hmm. 
and the diaper bag and all the other things that she has to carry for that. How, how long? 12 hour, 14 hour day of flying? Endless. Endless, yeah. And, 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 and you know, the plane touched down. I don't recall if we had to change planes or if it was the same, the same vessel for the entire trip. Because here and there I, you know, fell asleep. But, you know, I, I still remember the trip. And then, and then just to get fancy, you know, establishing your doll sooner in the story yeah. so that when you, when you leave your, your um, doll in the plane, you have a reference for it. Okay. And then the discovery of you forgetting your doll, whenever that is. Okay, buddy. So go, write, explore, come back to us next week. We'll do this again for our happy listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for this very tough challenging homework assignment you're gonna thank us thank us or curse you that's now. right we hope both both no you hope both. really smart and uh and i i take your suggestions literally okay stellar stellar work to work from betty thank yes. you thank you thank you thank you i'm blushing no one no, yeah no pressure just have fun whatever you bring in we're gonna be okay okay so okay. one week when we come today, yes? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. All of you folks in listener land. Thank you. Thank you, Betty. Thanks, Betty.